Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. Well, I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The Puddles Podcast is starting real soon. Hey, welcome to uh, Puddles with Andrew Collin, a.k.a. Dry Dick, a.k.a. Poop Hands, a.k.a. Ticklecock, a.k.a. Uh, garbage Face, a.k.a. Mice, a.k.a. ATC, a.k.a. a.k.a. Those are all nicknames I've given myself over the last three weeks. You need better self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> I think it shows a lot of self-esteem to, sh- to, to talk about my faults right up top. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> That's true, but I feel like identifying yourself as poop hands. Yeah, you know how that came about? I, I got don't. poop on my hands. <laughs> that would have been my guess. <laughs> it's, when I was in high school, there was this kid, and the, the, he was like a... Uh, I don't know. He was, I guess, a cool kid, but he wasn't like that cool. Yeah. He was, he was cool among like eight other guys who had the same idea of cool, and they were just like, "Where are the cool ones?" So, so he was the coolest of the non-cool kids. Th- it wasn't that they were non-cool. It's just that they had like an alternative definition to cool, where they were like, "We got the haircuts and we're cool." And so <laughs> there was this kid. They were like. Um, his name was Joe, and they were like, we call him period fucker. You know why? And I'm like talking like a teamster. And I was like, why do you call him period fucker? And like, because he fucked a chick on his pe- on a period. On his like, period. On his period. <laughs> this is a very just like progressive gender. Uh, Fluid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the early aughts when just everybody was just like, ah. It is fun when a nickname is just right on the point. Yeah, it was, it's like so, it was so on the nose that I was like, why would you even, <laughs> like, you didn't, if you hadn't explained it, I would have been like, I get it. Well, there's something like a. Well, first of all, it, I, I look, wish it was like. I wish it was like when he has sex, he dresses up in Victorian garb. Yeah, it's got to be. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What period? It's, it's the always, blue period. <laughs> dresses in blue face and fucks a Van Gogh. I don't know. That's all I know about art. Like, that's literally. Fucks a Van Gogh. <laughs> so let me introduce you. Uh, this guy won an Emmy somehow. I don't know how. I mean, it's no Oscar or a Tony not, no. or, or a Grammy, but it's up there I out of the four. With a Grammy? Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking around. It's great. It's great. It ends with Y. And um, no, this guy, he won an Emmy. It's unbelievable that he's here. I, I'm envious of this guy because he's so smart and uh, and he his brain works in a way that I wish mine did sometimes. Uh, and he also <laughs> writes for John, or he wrote for John Oliver, and now he writes and produces for Jesus Romero on Showtime. And he has a book out called Nice Try, which I've read the sample, all 88 pages. I haven't spent the eleven I'm looking into it, but also I'm wanting a free book. I Josh Gondelman. Thank you for having me. I can hook you up with a free book. Okay, dope. Yeah. Yeah, because that's why I only read 88 pages, which is by far the most effort I've ever put into anything, maybe in my life, let alone a guest. <laughs> that doesn't speak highly of my book. <laughs> I read 88 pages, and it was like being at war. <laughs> First of all, coming from poop hands. <laughs> <laughs> right, how did you even open the book with all that slippery poop? I had someone hold it for me <laughs> while I was on the shitter. Shitting into my own hands. This podcast is doing well. <laughs> you can afford an assistant just to sit, have a music stand in front of your toilet. Some people Sorry. just want to be my intern to be close. Yeah. I don't pay him anything. But he also wipes my hands. It's a, it's a cool system we got here. But because of that, you know, I, we, I, you know, I give out free lunches. I give out cheese sandwiches sometimes. But You're no like cheese. The, it's like uh, interning at the fire Festival. <laughs> First of all, those tents were sturdy. The weather was bad. I blame the weather. I don't know why everyone's blaming this guy. I the do, weather was bad. I do feel like if Fire Festival had happened 15 years ago, you could have been an investor. An investor? I would have been. I would have been him. The only thing that kept me away from creating. First of all, I'm not smart enough to even get to that point that he got. I love how everyone gives him shit. He got to a. Up way farther than ninety percent of people would have gotten. That is really to. far. That is real. I mean, it ha- it helps when you start with a bunch of money to begin with. You you can just like make tents happen on an <laughs> island. But it is like it's pretty. It is a pretty big undertaking to have a fraud on that to be a fraud on that scale. Dude, I've tried to be a fraud my whole life, and I haven't. I I did fraud my way into like three hundred grand, and I, I made in real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't fraudy. 
I've never been fraudy. I've cheated a lot in college. I've had fraudish feelings, but I've never gotten to the point of convincing thousands of people to go to one island in the Bahamas, including Ja Rule. But that just shows uh, Ja Rule. Well, Ja Rule was kind of falling apart. Yeah. I mean, Aisha, not Aisha, uh, Aisha. What's her name? I don't know. <laughs> it's co-singer that was. Oh, on that. oh, oh, Ashanti. <laughs> Yeah, Shanti. Yes, she gave up on him a few years yeah. before that. But I think that Firefest, I definitely would have been all over that when I made that money for the first like three months when I was spending it, trying to get rid of it as fast yeah. as possible. Have you ever made a lot of money overnight before? No. No. Never. Did you ever like, what about your bar mitzvah money? What did you do with that? Oh, I didn't. That was, I think, put away for college very quickly. You had no choice? No choice. My parents weren't like, what do you want, uh, 10 dirt bikes or to go to college? <laughs> I bought a used jet ski with all my bar mitzvah money. <laughs> That's the most Florida thing I've ever heard Seven in my grand. Whole life. Seven grand. Seven grand. You spent it all. I didn't even have money for gas. <laughs> I spent it all on a jet ski. It was like an 84 C do. <laughs> People are like, how did you know you're going to be bad at business and, and waste all your money? Um, mm, jet Ski with my bar mitzvah money. Used jet ski is what did so your funny. older brother do? That is a millionaire. Uh, he put it in the stocks. Uh, you heard of Disney for sale? Used jet ski, never ridden. That's my baby shoes book. <laughs> That's like it's amazing that Ernest Hemingway, who lived in Florida, never wrote that short story. He did, but I don't think anyone really nobody, bought it. No one thought, thought he'd be that dumb. Yeah, that this is too much fiction. This he, is too fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Hemingway, the idea of him just being like Florida man from a headline is so funny to me. Well, he just got hammered in the keys. Yeah. It's just so funny when you think about I mean, he he wrote well, let's, yeah. but he was a drunk yeah. in a bar every day. Mm-hmm. And, every, and people romanticize that. And yeah. then someone like me will be like, oh, if I get fucked up and sit in a bar, maybe I'll come up with a creative idea. But it doesn't happen like that. You have to be brilliant yeah. and so brilliant that you end up becoming that guy. You and, can't start being that guy. Yeah, and like overcoming how drunk. It's not like he got drunk and was like, a farewell to arms. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, right? I can't imagine like the best words came to him while he was drunk. And even if they did, I mean, he had to start somewhere. Like, I feel like everyone wants to skip some steps yeah, these days. Right, right. He started... With the ability to do that, although maybe maybe the drunk made it worse. Maybe a farewell to arms would have just been called goodbye arms if he wasn't wasted. <laughs> poop arms, <laughs> poop maybe arms. poop arms. Who needs them? So you are you are so when you before you got into stand, did you want to be a writer? Because I mean, you were you were an English teacher. I did. Uh, I well, I taught pre K. Yeah, and I was an English major in school. And I thought when I graduated, I was like, I, when I went into college, I was like, I'm gonna write plays. That's what I thought I was gonna do because I did that. I wrote a play in high school that was, like, pretty good for a high school kid. Yeah. And we got to put it on a little theater in town. It was very exciting. What was it called? Uh, Oh, God, it's such an embarrassing title. (laughs) It was about a guy just, like, not being able to turn off the, like, his own neuroses in his head. And it was called Internal Bleeding, B-L-E-A-T-I-N-G. Just such a pretentious... Did you see Eternal Sunshine of the Mind right before that? No, it was after. I saw it after. They did that. Oh, okay. They okay. Were, cool. I'm not yeah. causing calling you out for no, a fraud. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is, there's so many more fraudulent things I've done. Um, but yeah, so I thought I was gonna write plays, and then I just like didn't have the patience for doing like a theater program in school. Like I didn't. I, they were like, "Well, you have to stand in the dark wearing all black, and then you move this vase once, and you have to do that every night for three weeks while the senior, you know, the grad students put on their play." And it's just like. No. And so yeah. I was a fiction major and, I, and my thesis was a book of uh, short stories. Which you actually just kind of put out. You put out Nice Try. Yeah. So this was so this is personal essays. Okay. And it came up, so I this was it took me 12 years to kind of get back to the thing I thought I was going to do as soon as I graduated. Well, I think like, you know, like Ernest Hemingway, mm-hmm. you had to go on this voyage yeah. like Ulysses, mm-hmm. Odysseus. <laughs> Um, what other guy, you know, that other guy from summer reading, you know, like, um, uh, Gatsby, you know, you had to go away and come back to it. And now yeah. you're a way better writer. Your sense of humor is probably way better. Yeah. The stories are going to, I'm a, I'm definitely a much better writer than I was at the time. And I, I'm like very glad for all the, like the stuff that, you know, the stuff that happened in between. And it's, it's all been very wonderful and exciting. I mean, mostly, uh, but ha- taking this time to like publish my first kind of like book that I authored by myself and it's per, like personal essays would have been insufferable when I was 22. So yeah. I'm glad it like I waited till now to do that. Well, do you think when 
because I have this thought sometimes. Like when I first moved to New York, I was like, I'm an artist. Did you obviously oh, when yeah. you're graduating in like fiction writing and you're yeah. writing, you're like, I'm an I'm different. Yeah. I, I, and then you t- like, how did that feel? And like, did you grow out of that? And then you actually become more of an artist by just becoming more normal what I you would totally think like or whatever about yeah that. yeah i totally agree i graduated and i was already doing stand-up and and i wrote this thesis and it was like short fiction and my advisor was great and i think gave me a lot of really good advice but like some of the stuff that he was the notes that he gave i he was like this is a little like gross or whatever but i was already doing stand-up and i was like well yeah you can just be gross if you want like that's part of it how gross like like gross like i remember there was like this kid who was like kind of trying to hold this family together after the death of his father and his mom it was like overtly he he was the only one in the family that realized like his uncle and mom hooking up was just doing they were just doing hamlet and or no the uncle called him hamlet as like a big like what's up hamlet and he hey and there was one line where the kid was like oh mom you smell like dick and uh <laughs> and my advisor was like that's so gross and i was like yeah but like that's yeah that's yeah but the that's point. yeah well there's something about like getting an education and doing something that like maybe it's a little darker more sinister what you think of and that it might not be approved by a by a professor yeah. because he can't say that he has these thoughts because if not, he might not. I, I think it's also just like what I was doing was not literary fiction. Mm-hmm. It was like a slightly different like I don't know that I was like I was writing funny stuff that was interesting to me at the time. And it, you know, it wasn't great, but it was like. I, I think I was practicing to do a different thing than I thought. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, yeah. I wasn't practicing to be like a great literary fiction writer. I was practicing to like make things as like kind of like pop as much as I could with the jokes and uh, the other, you know, like that kind of stuff, like really vivid imagery in a way that like might not be palatable for fiction or useful mm-hmm. but like in stand-up was really helpful to like but but I was writing it all the same like everything I wrote I wrote like it was like a set Got, and that's how your book reads I mean granted I just read the sample but I'm telling you I'm gonna read the whole the whole caboodle um your first two stories the, the there's the porn one oh yeah which you where you I mean your stories the two of them that I read on, on the sample uh it they really did speak to me because we are a similar kind of age the star six seven yep I mean I remember doing that so and they when you get an unblock or a block number, you didn't know if it was a prank, if it was a bully, yep. if it was a credit card company. Yeah. Like Star Six Seven or a block number caused like anxiety. And this was back though when you when pe- when you called someone, they picked up the phone. Right? Like there was a big cultural <laughs> shift that happened with cell phones and with when everybody had all caller ID everything and, and everything went to voicemail and there wasn't like answering machines and, and your friends would text to you so now it's like that but back in the day when someone got you a call you'd be like unlisted number well this could be exciting <laughs> this maybe yeah. this is the call that changes I'm trying my to life. think what is the equivalent of now i mean it's almost like getting a dm from a stranger but yeah with a with no profile picture yeah and it's like one of those things that's like click to show picture and you're like well do i do it or is it just like gonna ruin my phone yeah, and computer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna give me a new virus what? i'm patient zero there's something about pranking like there, there was such a rush. Yeah, like, th- and I was always too nervous to yeah. really get into it. So that, but the story was, we would call, we called this number like every day after school for two months, and it, in middle school, and it was the number was one eight hundred good porn, <laughs> and it was just like one kid had called it, and they knew that the guy who picked up the phone, you would just be like, hey, uh, we, what's up with your good porn? And he was a lawyer. He, I don't know. It was oh, like, it was. The guy's name and associates. Okay. And so I don't know whether it was like a textile company or a law firm. And he would always answer. He'd be like, uh, I, I think I can say his name, but it's in the fucking book. But like Al Weaverson, Weaver, uh, Al Weaver, Weaverson Associates. And and every day we'd be like, hey, can we? Uh, do you have any more information about that good porn? And he'd be like, your kids and hang up. And like we called him every day at the same time from a block number. We'd click star six seven and then dial his number, which you, you would block on caller ID. And every day at the same time, he would have to pick up because he was like, maybe it's business. Maybe this is the thing that, that digs us out of the red. And then we'd be like, uh, porn. And he'd be like, oh, you motherfuckers. I I like the idea of that guy getting in the porn after that. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I didn't want to do it, but this is a sign from yeah. God. Yeah. 
you know, I made a, a website one time called youhot.com after I lost all my money in real estate. I was like, oh, I'll just make it. Uh, I had all these different kind of ventures. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, I remember I made it and it, I thought it was going to be like hot or not meets YouTube. Yeah. But really it just was like the shittiest YouTube you've ever seen. <laughs> and like I spent like seven grand on it. Anyways, long story short. That's, that's used jet ski money right there. I did. I put down all my jet ski money. But at that point, the jet ski was only worth $600 because it didn't have an engine because I sold that off and the handlebars. It was just like a rocking horse at that point, a rocking seahorse. Yeah, it was pretty close in the front yard on bricks. <laughs> so jet ski up on bricks. It's the saddest. So sad. Yeah, it's like vacation's over. Yeah, it's done. It was done a while ago. I swear, I only wrote it like four times. But um, because we had a uh, we had a a lift. Do you know what a lift? Like a boat lift. Yeah. yeah but it yeah. was a manual one, mm-hmm. and I was just too lazy to like to fucking crank, crank it all. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll just die out there. And I don't even know what happened to it. I asked my parents the other day, and they're like, oh, we were getting divorced, you know. Uh, but um, anyways, which yeah. one of us gets the jet ski? <laughs> I think they split it. My mom got the handlebars and my dad. Got the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the house. You got the cinder blocks. <laughs> There's no weighing me down. Hey, oh, boy, I'm drowning. So <laughs> so I ended up getting a, a random email from this guy saying, I want to buy you hot for like 10 grand. Wow. And he bought it. And then the next day he made it a porn site. Like he already had it ready to go. Yeah, to porn. yeah. And he just, just wanted the, the domain name. You hot. Wow. So I made, that was like my best investment other than the one real estate deal. <laughs> because you accidentally were squatting on a thing that a guy wanted for porn. Yeah, and then my family didn't know or my friends that I made it a porn site. <laughs> so they all were like, finally, you're doing what you, we, we thought you have been should have been doing for years. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was business plan. Yeah, that was it. Accidentally I, being a porn mogul. Oh, that would have been the best. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it would have been the best. I made one video on you hot, and it was just me on one of those <laughs> one of those back machines where you lay upside down. Yeah, yeah. And I put peanut butter all over me, and I sang Alicia Keys. No one, no one, I'm the peanut butter man. And it's just me in a garage. What? And I thought that would go viral and take you hot to the next level. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. I'm not smart. You know. This is maybe the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Oh, wait till you hear about my pot, my my uh, my my app idea. Wait, what's your app idea? Oh, dude. So this was this my this, so Erlacher, you know Brian Erlacher, yeah, from the played for the Bears, yeah, the linebacker. So me and my buddy we were playing a drinking game in college called Erlacher. So you remember the frogs, Bud, the Budweiser frogs, yeah, exactly. Same age. You're so smart. You'll get the game right away. I, I always like describe this game, and everyone's like, yeah, I get it, dude. I get it. Like 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 you don't have to like. <laughs> yeah, period fucker. We get it. Do we got a pen here? Can I draw it? Can I draw the graph? Um no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so there's a lot of data we gotta crunch. The peanut butter man is crunching. No one, no one, no one knows the peanut butter boy. <laughs> My friends saw this. They thought I was having a, like they already knew I was fucked up, but they were like, "Man, he's really depressed. Yeah, he's, he's in a bad place." And so Erlacher, so Bud, why? So we yeah. started playing. We were sitting there watching a, brown, a Bears game, and I went Er. My buddy said Lack. Yeah. I said Er. And then the point of the game, you got to say Er to keep saying Erlacher. Yeah, Erlacher. So I go Er, Lack, Er. Lack. No, you'd have to say. Oh, er, oh, oh, oh. keep saying Erlacher. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got to repeat. So it'd be like Erlacher. Erlacher. Yeah. 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 So Er. Lack. Er. Er. Lack. Er. Lack. Er. Er. Okay, you got it. So got it. I. I. That's the app. Just. I just have one question. Come on, bring it. How? So you know math. Do you know math? Never met him. <laughs> I think he owns my jet ski. <laughs> so I, I ended up. I, I got that. I got. I met with a guy yeah. off Craigslist. I'm sorry. I'm telling like all my stories. These are the stories. I love this. Yeah. And so anyway, I end up. I'll tell it quick. And then he uh, he said he could make the Erlacher app. I gave him 500 bucks. I was like, I'll give you another 500 once it's made. He drove off in his Saturn with his eyebrow ring and his fucking frosty hair. And I was yeah. like, This is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be the next Facebook, Erlacher. And uh, I never heard from him again. Six months later, shocker. Six months later, 
he actually answered. I called him on like a whim, yeah. and he's like, hello. He gave me a sick voice, and I go, where the fuck's Erlacher? He goes, I got cancer. And I was like, you can't argue cancer. I was yeah, like, well, just give tough. me my money back, you know? Yeah. And he's like, you know, because I was like, first of all, you could, like, Lance Armstrong fucking won the Iditarod or whatever, the uh, the Iron Man, whatever he did. Tour de France. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, tour all the tours. And so <laughs> he, so I was like, you could do C++, whatever, motherfucker. So I was like, just give him 500 back. <laughs> I love that you like, you're like, well, I can't argue with him to make my app now that he has cancer, but I will demand he give me $500 back. Bro, at that time, I was 44 grand in debt, <laughs> and I need that 500 to put down 400 to get a new jet ski. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the jet ski that turns it all around. <laughs> I'm gonna learn all the tricks. <laughs> There's a, I'm one barrel roll away from getting out of 44 grand in debt, which I still owe. That's like, so, like a, a like a 1994 Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> it's one of the standing ones. Remember the standing jet skis yeah. that were like bright green or whatever? Ah, yeah. oh, they were beautiful. God, I look cool on those. Um, but anyway, so I, I go give him the money back, and he's like, "No, I want to make it." You know, and uh, I was like, he, like it was like his last rights or whatever. And I was like, all right, you're st-. I go, er, he goes, lack. I go, all right, you're still my guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fucking just like, <laughs> and then I never, then he died. Hopefully he died. I, I really, hopefully he died. hopefully he died from really bad cancer because I don't care about him. I mean, you know, he never, I never heard from him again. He just stole my money. That guy went on to found Snapchat <laughs> using your $500. Snapchat. <laughs> you're like, Instagram. I, you're like, okay, that one I get. That one I get. Instagram I get. Snapchat, it's two syllables. What are people doing with that? Yeah. yeah. Google. No. No. Uh, it's going to be three. Perfect. <laughs> Almost. It's close enough. I think we can rock with this. Oh, I'm dumb, Josh. That's I'm dumb. So, funny. so I couldn't make money doing anything else. So you know, you. I loved your other story that I read in the sample. I'm going to keep saying the sample. Read the whole book. It it, it reads book. it reads very like I'm dumb, which we've established, Mr. Poop Hands. It's a it's an easy read, but it's also I say that in like the greatest no, sense possible. Thank you. Like it feels like you can just you could finish this book in two days without even like it's one of those kind of books. Thank you. I I, I really like tried to make it a pleasure to read that was like my number one goal was that people would just like feel good reading it and have fun and i think there's like other stuff in there too like it's sincere it's not just like hey let me tickle you with my words (laughs) but like it didn't feel like that and it was like a hemingway where. (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not even kidding like hemingway wrote like he spoke yeah and i felt that way and but you speak very well Thank and you. you're very smart and like I'm envious of that sometimes like I'll read your tweets I'm like where the, how's your brain even get to that shit keep probably was an AP English or something so <laughs> but you talk about still am <laughs> not to brag you got a three um, so uh, your second story in that sample that I read yeah I you had a altercation with your Spanish teacher oh who yeah. just couldn't seem you couldn't seem to please her yeah this is like really emblematic of my whole that's what I was that's what I was gonna get it into. really yeah, so like my sophomore year Spanish teacher just like was not there for my bullshit. And I was like a pretty good kid. Like I would crack a joke now and again, but I was like, I tested really well in school and I like paid attention in class and I was courteous and I, you know, I wasn't like a dickhead. And uh, she didn't care and just decided that I was like a degenerate who was dragging the other students down with me. But why did he, why do you, what do you think it was about? Were you too happy? It, I was not a serious, like, I don't have a serious demeanor. I yes. Think. And I think she liked, she was like an old school teacher who liked, you know, it was like 50 times on the blackboard was like her. That's what it reminded me of. Like she, I felt like she made me feel like I was Bart Simpson. Like I was just like the way she was going to get it. Like she just liked you to do a large volume of work. And to her, that's like what education was. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, well, this, I, I would like try to like bargain with her. I'd be like, look, this just like isn't helping. And my, it's like, my brain is cramping. Like, please, like, can I practice speaking into a tape recorder for like the equivalent length of time in Spanish or whatever? Like, I'll do. I I want to do the work, but also like this work isn't helping me and is agonizing. And she was just like, "No, I'm the teacher," and like, which is like fair, but also like, well, then fuck this. Yeah, I mean, to know what grade were you in in this? Tenth. Tenth. To even 
think to uh, go against a teacher's sibil- sibil- syllabus yeah. at that point is fucking balls out, though, too. Uh, were other kids, like, were you talking to other kids about yeah. this teacher? She, she definitely liked the girls better. Okay. And so, like, and I think she thought, like, she had like a we. She thought we were like boys from the 1950s. Like, well, if if I turn my back, they're going to be throwing a football to each other. And like, now, just like that, we were just like rambunctious and uncivilized. Now looking back, do you think maybe like her husband was a piece of shit? And like, like there was obviously know. like you have empathy for I her do. more yes. now. At this I totally have empathy for her more. And she was like an older woman, and she I, her health was not great at mm-hmm. this point. So like, I have a lot of like empathy for that it, that it was not it was not an easy time in her life and that like she wasn't going to change what she'd done for like 40 years just yeah. because I was like uh this is hard for me yeah um but you wanted to please her still. I did I really did and that's why I would like try these things where I'd be like look I just like can't th- this just doesn't work like please help me help myself and she like openly laughed at me in class or like yeah. uh when i would be like hey can is that can we talk can i come after school and like talk about this homework stuff and she would like make fun of me to other classes <laughs> and it's just like it me <laughs> you know this guy yeah. which is pushing glasses yeah, yeah, up yeah. <laughs> this granny jew it's like i don't think you can say that <laughs> you're not supposed to say jew she's like well when i was young you could say jew dude my i had a teacher he put a circle on the wall and made me put my nose and said jew puts his nose in the wall jesus yeah I mean, I was, yeah, that was really happened. That's bananas. It was bananas. That's horrifying. Yeah, it was. But, you know, she, I mean, he pushed me. <laughs> like, <laughs> he pushed me to have like insane insecurity to then do comedy one day. But, like, that. He was like, you'll never own another jet ski, Jew. <laughs> Jew ski. <laughs> Jew ski never again. But I, I really did. It, like, drove, and it, it wasn't just that the work was hard. It, like, drove me up a wall that I couldn't make her like me or think I was like a good kid and and that was like the bigger part of it because like I was my grades weren't terrible even though I was miserable it was just like why don't you believe that I want to do a good job and that I like am capable of this well it's also like when I feel like the other teachers probably you probably did get along with most teachers so it's like when you get one bad comment out of like a hundred bad good comments and you're like everyone loves me except for Dave from Nebraska who thinks you know my eyes are too close or some whatever I'm not not saying your eyes are I'm just you know that's that's completely fictional I swear your eyes are normal your eyes I wasn't even considering this would be about me if I had to measure your eyes they're a good measure like from eye to eye see to shining (laughs) see So, so yeah, but like the idea of pleasing people, I go through that a ton, especially in stand up when you're doing open mics here and you come yeah. to New York and everyone's smart, everyone's good, and everyone's insecure. So, everyone's projecting. And I felt all of that. And it really drove me insane to like want to please comedians I thought were better and thought I, you know, maybe. Did you, did, did you have trouble like did you feel like other comedians like weren't responding to what you were doing mm-hmm. i i because i For felt, sure when i came here i all i had the same a similar feeling yeah. but like i think it came from a different place where i was like oh man everyone here is like has this edge to them and there's like a a coolness mm-hmm. and like a darkness and i just like don't have it and can't fake it but he smelled like dick. <laughs> I mean, you were smelled like dick, man. I was. That was my... That no, but... I think it's in my thesis still. I don't think I got it. That is the idea of edge. But if you actually look... I think when I listen to your material, I mean, you have the ability to hide that... And like oh, Seinfeld, too. Like you hide... I'm not saying like you did it or you wrote modern Seinfeld, but yeah, I wasn't yeah. saying it because of that. But like he, you hide that anger. Yeah. In this smile, in this like. And because there's I think it was I've heard Mulaney say it, too, that like that there's such a darkness to Jerry Seinfeld in that. Like when you listen to his act, it's like, oh, he's not happy about anything. Literally the most minutiae things. That, but that's the thing, though, when. And that's what I want to ask you is when when you start wanting to please everyone and make everyone happy, but that also does that push you to work harder and to work harder than other people because you have you outwork people like you're a fucking workhorse. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean you're a badass. I mean you I do so that. much shit. But what drives you to do that is to is it to 
complete like what what is your driving factor i think that is a lot of it it's like that there is a lot that i just like want to do a good job and i want people to not be mad at me yeah <laughs> that's like a big thing but also like i do a lot of things because i like there's a lot of things that i like to do and i'm so <laughs> fortunate to have these opportunities uh that i'm like trying to make the most of them and like get to do things and like some of it is just like bullshit showbiz stuff where it's like oh i want to do this because it's like good for my career if i can do this but like i wrote a book it's not generally unless you're like a famous person it's not like you're gonna get rich from writing Mm -hmm. an essay collection you know um but i was like i just want to do this like i think i can do a good job and make a thing that people will like but there was like an ego thing of like i'd been writing for last week tonight for a couple years at that point at when i when i sold this book and i was like i'd like to do something that feels more like mine because i i really love writing for the show and i love writing and producing a Jesus and marrow but i also wanted to have a thing where i could be like oh this thing i i i did this and i i'm mm-hmm. really proud of it as opposed to like I'm part of this team that makes this big thing and like, well, what did you write? And it's like, well, I wrote this joke and that joke and I pitched this thing. And it's like, you know, I just wanted something where I could feel a sense of ownership um, as opposed to in addition to having this work where I feel like a great collaborative joy. For sure. And I I think probably because you have success in those other fields and you have, you know, you you made some income, you can then do this like yeah. passion project which is actually very good and who knows you know what it would lead to and you wrote another book as well but um when that dies down that like needing to please yeah does that scare you because then you're like not as pushed to be as competitive well, at least I'm I'm projecting a little yeah. I'm saying like that happens with me is like I don't feel that need it might be the Zoloft but like I don't <laughs> I don't really feel that urge to like I gotta beat this person or I gotta be funny when I'm sitting down with this I gotta have this person think I'm funny you know that has kind of died down a little bit and and I don't know I kind of scares it, it scares me a yeah. little bit because you know I don't know like stand up the idea of like making a I love doing this i yeah. love an honest conversation so more than more than anything at this point so i don't know i i just like yeah i'm just wondering like has that died down that idea of having to please it, with success or like i definitely feel less frantic about like i have to go out and do things every night all the time like i'm so i i definitely have had times in my life and like relationships I was in where I was like, I've got to go to this open mic. Cause if I don't go to this open mic, I'm not a comic, right? Like if I'm not mm-hmm. getting up all the time, I'm not doing it. And if I'm not doing it, then like, who even am I? And it's like that existential peril that I felt that was like totally self-imposed. And now I think I've, you know, I'm, I, there are still things that I'd like to achieve that I haven't, but I feel like a lot more at ease enjoying my life and like being a good partner to my wife and, um, being a good friend you know showing up for friends like actually being there uh physically as opposed to just like yeah man uh sorry i can't make it love you buddy um and and that that's like a different kind of like pleasure to take in life and i'm trying to like enjoy that as well because if it'll probably make you a better writer i hope so but i I mean even if it doesn't it's like it's nice that i can i can enjoy the downtime instead of being like why aren't i booked tonight uh, if I'm not booked, I should be writing. If I'm not writing, I should like, why am I not like shooting sketches? Mm-hmm. Like just being like, I have to fill all my time waiting for something to like work and like break. Yeah. I think that, and I guess that idea of being like, well, if I'm with my girl or with my well, wife now more and we have, you know, uh, whether it's great times or trips or arguments, it's not for the writing. It's just yeah. for that. Yes. It's for that. Which I I like. Yeah. I like the idea of that. And the, I, I do think the more I like invest in thinking about and being present in my relationship like you're, and in my life mm-hmm. in general, it does pay off in writing in that like if you're, um, you know, if you're just like thinking about work all the time, for me at least, if I'm just thinking about stand up and thinking about like pitching writing pieces, like the part of my brain that would be like observing the world around me, part of that is occupied with like 
okay, but like, what can I be doing instead of just noticing things and appreciating things or like feeling like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm just like, I'm like on Twitter, like literally like looking at Twitter instead of being like, oh, that bird is eating a human hand, <laughs> like or whatever, you know, whatever I would see. If I, I should tweet up. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of tweets, the bird tweet. tweets. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Wait, what? What? Those handlebars, mom. Dad will take you back. What? what? Um, mom, bring down my handlebars. <laughs> you got married, but okay. Oh, but also, I wanted to talk about that. So, you worked for John Oliver for how long? For, for five years. Five years. So every fucking that whole show, you're building up for one show on that Friday. Mm-hmm. Or it's on Sunday. Oh, sorry, that's Sunday, no, that's okay. but one a week. Yep. And you're looking at the fucking news cycle, or you're picking apart one subject, but mostly like topical stuff, or like. You got to be so tired of news. Like, I get tired of it, and I don't even follow it. I mean, it's got to be... That's probably why you wanted to write this book about your own life, because all you're doing is seeing Donald Trump's tweets or whatever the fuck, you know? It was a nice break. It was... I mean, it was a lot. Like, I felt very burnt out at the end, because I spent, like, most of 2017... Or 2018, excuse me, at work, and then writing Mondays and Tuesdays, which is my weekend, like, working on the book. And so it was, like very tiring but I was excited to have this other kind of project and I I really liked and enjoyed the kind of challenge of making the news funny but it was like it was a lot it was um it was a great I mean it was a great room I love the people I was working with I love mm-hmm. and I still work in like topical you know at Jesus and Merit we yeah. still do a lot of like topical stories but the the idea of like peering directly into the darkness is like I have so much um, admiration for the staff there that's like, yeah, this is like what my brain is geared to do. Because I think like left to my own devices, I would kind of, my, my, I mean, you know, my, you know, my stand up. it's like, there's some political stuff, but it's a lot of just personal stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of just observational stuff. And, and so like my, Where you talk shit about sublime, which I'm about, not happy about. I do talk shit about sublime. As a Florida boy, even though they're from Cali, <laughs> yeah. they're in my heart deep. Cal- Florida, the California of the East. Uh, dude, some would say it, it is just an extension that there's no other states. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like it's a tesseract the, yeah. that goes right from one <laughs> place to the other. Some says the Atlantic meets the Pacific. In Florida. <laughs> in Florida. Like across the Gulf. Florida, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that's so fucking Boston. As I Dude. say it wrong. But Sublime, yeah, anyways, but yeah, sorry, I like cut no, you that's off okay. with the Sublime thing. Oh. But they do rock and they, they're the best and you're a fucking loser. <laughs> For talking shit about them, but whatever, it's cool. It's cool, dude. You just I don't get it. You, I can't believe that. <laughs> just like you don't get Erlacher, you don't get Sublime. I did get Erlacher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, you did, and you got Sublime pretty good. Yeah, you don't get date rape, dude. <laughs> you don't understand it. I will say it's not for me. Yeah, it's, I, it's not that I've tried it. I just think it's not good. <laughs> Talk about them like they're cocaine. It's like, I did it once. I put on freaking what I got. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, did sublime. Yeah. I like cocaine. Oh, man. I was on Sublime for like, uh, it's just eight hours straight. <laughs> That's how he died, I think. <laughs> it was just too, mu- yeah, too, too much, much sublime, dude. Mm-hmm. Freaking, you don't get it, though. He was on heroin and he was like tortured, you know, and all he had was his little Louis dog. I know. He did have a good dog. Okay. Although Dalmatians are supposed to be assholes. Right? I hate Dalmatians. Yeah, they're not good. I don't trust them. No, I don't trust him either. Any dog that loves fire. Yeah. <laughs> Just like pyromaniac dogs. Because if you you know, it's not that they want to put out the fire. It's that they want to go stare into the blaze and the firefighters are like, oh, you sick fuck. That's where we're going. <laughs> Come on, grab the hose. It's like, I'm just here to smoke. I just, yeah, I and just, he lights it with the fire from this fucking fire. <sighs> I just want to watch the world burn. I mean, everyone thinks Dalmatians are great because of the, that Cause one, 101 Dalmatians. And what did they even do? All they did was not get made into a coat. I mean, and is that really a skill? <laughs> I do it every day. Every day? Barely. I mean, I don't you know. Our hair is falling out. I'm sure someone has made a coat with our own head hair. You think you're better than me, dogs? <laughs> I talk to them every day, and they are. They are. Yeah, they're I mean, better. when I have to add it up. They're... So what's John Oliver like? He's great. I know that's like such like a No, he's part. awesome. So what? what was... he's, he's, Do you have he... any stories from him that would like a pin? Like, like be... I loved his forward in your board, whatever. Oh, the yeah, the front... blurb. Yeah, yeah, that was very kind of him. He's so funny. He said to me one time I'm trying to remember the wording because the wording was so great but we were talking it was like very early on and we were talking about Biggie for some reason because I often am I think yeah and he Biggie Smalls Biggie for Smalls. people that need the Smalls 
Yeah. Oh, that Biggie. Notorious B.I.G. I thought you meant Biggie Horowitz. The guy from Juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that own, that that <laughs> bankers sing. White Jewish bankers in their twenties all sing. Uh, the PlayStation. Well, how yeah. does it go? Uh, it was a, all a dream. dream. I used yeah, to read. Did you? Did you? You grew up in a cul-de-sac. Word, read Word Up magazine. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Um, but anyways, we were t- I was talking about Biggie. I forget what even brought it up, but he was like, "You know my favorite Biggie lyric," and I was like, "No." And he said, "It's from the song is called Warning, uh, where he says there's gonna be a lot of slow singing." And flower bring in if my burglar alarm starts ringing. And he goes, what a what an elegant way to say, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> Which, like, always stuck with me. And I was like, this guy rules. Dude, he is, he'll do his asides, you know? Yeah. And you guys, like, he has a way of saying the darkest shit. Yeah. If you really looked, like, if you read a transcript of the, the things he says. Like really hard. Oh, man. They're so dark. And he, I think, to his great credit as a comedian, is like, he wants to say the joke that is the best joke for the situation. You know, I don't think he wants to, like, get by on, like, but that's, that. this will be fun for people to hear. He wants to, like, stare into the material that he's presenting often very bleak and just write the joke that like or or, you know tell the joke choose the joke from the the writer's pitches that like really gets at the issue in like a dark funny way and he'll he'll just like and and it's we i think i there were times writing for the show where i would write it and be like this is i think this is funny but like Man, I'm glad I don't have to be the one to say that on television. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I gotta feel like there's like jokes in the writers' room, and everyone's like trying to out dark each other, and everyone's yeah. like, "Okay, dude, we like you're gonna get you just got canceled for thinking of that. <laughs> like you didn't even have to mention it." But it's always like trying to to serve the material, not just be like bleak for the sake of being bleak. But man, he just has like he'll go for it, which is awesome. It, it's like a very cool, like he just wants to make the thing that that they're making the best that it, the best version of what it is that it can be. And does, do you feel, um, cause I think you could talk about like any industry, you know, when, when I, whatever, I worked for my brother for a little while and we would like work in a factory and the, like the Toyota way mm-hmm. is what we would learn. And the, the, they were like the best at making cars, the most yeah. lean manufacturing way. And the thing was, is there was no bad questions and you would feel like your boss was never above you kind of thing. Yeah. Is that how you felt with him? And that's why you were able to produce like such good yeah, like th- content. You think? I, I think they were, they were never like judgy about stuff. Like they wanted you to pitch stuff. And it was like, if it was, off base for what they wanted they had like a very nice way of just being like cool let's let's like hear the next thing and like yeah what, what else like i like this part of that and like what else can we uh what else can we do which is like very nice and as opposed to like no you fucking idiot you know yeah I mean? yeah, like, yeah it was never that it was never like you you don't get it at all you moron yeah it was just like cool let's keep let's keep circling this till we get it and and, and that was very helpful for me and then when you take that to your new job yeah i mean you, you learned so in those five years. I mean, you learn from the best. Yeah. Like that. I, and I started there doing the first year I did like the digital and social media yeah. stuff. And then I wrote f- uh, for the show for four years. And it was I really do feel like I got like an incredible education in joke writing from from John and from Tim Carvel, who's the uh, executive producer and from the other writers who are all like incredible and brilliant. And so it was just like a wonderful place to be being around writers that don't do stand up. Yeah. Did that make you feel more at ease with like not having to get to a mic every night and like it definitely helped. Yeah. I think there was there's like definitely a sense of like oh yeah, this is my job and yeah. this can be my job and it it felt like oh right, the stand up is like on top of it's like part of my career. It's not like if I'm not doing it. Like I stopped doing open mics when I got my job yeah. and I was just like I'm working here till 6 every day. I'm I'm was in a relationship like right away basically like I met my wife right after I started this How job. How do you meet your wife? I met her at a party that she was throwing and a mutual friend brought me. Okay. And was just like, "Oh, it was just a house party?" It was like it was at a bar, it was a Botanica bar in okay. um on Houston and she it was like to celebrate the 5th anniversary of this blog she used to write. How long were you single at this point? Not long. Went? Okay. It was like 5 weeks okay. since I, since I'd had a I'd broken up with my my previous girlfriend. I just broke up with someone. It's so oh, I'm hard. sorry, man. It sucks. Dude, it's breaking up worst. like people I think don't give a shit about the person that breaks up. Yeah. With the person. Yep. 
God damn. It's, it's really hard. And it's also like, I think when you do the breaking <laughs> up, you are the one who is more obligated even to respect the other person's boundaries. Like if you break up with someone and they text you and it's not like, it's not like a weird text. It's just like, Hey, this thing. And and you're not like, get out of my life. You have to kind of like manage how you respond to them. But like whenever I've broken up with someone, I've always been like, I'm going to fully remove myself until you indicate that like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise I don't want to be like putting my thumb in the wound. Yeah, I fucked up, dude. I fucking I oh, broke no. up. Yep. And like three days later, I wrote a on Instagram like a joke about being single. Mm -hmm. But you can't break up and then promote being single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you got broken up with, you could say, "Hey, I'm single yeah, that right, minute." Right, right. You could literally live tweet the breakup yep. and be like, "I'm ready for some new dick or pussy or yep. whatever." But yeah, as the breakup be. Don't you dare fucking say you're single for at least a couple weeks because right. that's just bad. Right. That's you, just, that's not good. That's you, not, even though, you know, there could you be are. reasons why. Yeah. Uh, right. Like you are yeah. single and like if you met someone, it's like not wrong or bad to like meet a new person and spend time with them. But like to advertise it when the other person could see it's just like, <laughs> oh, okay. So that's how it is. <laughs> you knew how long? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. you didn't like me. So five weeks ago, that's still kind of, fr how long did you date that girl for? We had dated for like a little over a year. Okay. Yeah. So that was a, that's a substantial, was, was substantial relationship. Yeah, it was a substantial relationship for sure. Um, but I've I think I've always kind of like been I've often been in long term, you know, like mm -hmm. a year year and a half relationships, and then had like a little time in between, and then was that breakup ugly? Like, did it give you a bad taste in your mouth about not no. date? Like, have you ever? Oh, okay. No, I think it was. I but I also was like, I was in a position where I I did the breaking up, and I had you know I wasn't like. It wasn't my high watermark as a boyfriend mm -hmm. that being in that relationship. And I feel like it was like a time where I was very career focused, but wasn't very, wasn't successful at all, which is like an atrocious combination to have in a partner. You don't get it. Right. It's like, I don't get it because I'm paying for dinner. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was like, I was always doing, I was always working on career stuff for such little money. And I was tutoring still to make ends meet or, but I, and I was doing these like, you know, low money road weekends that were like breaking even mm -hmm. basically. And I was only making money cause I could tutor over Skype. And, uh, <laughs> it was like, I, and you know, I would take, I would like not hang out because I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to do like a mic and then a show tonight. But it was like, what a, what an insult to this other person and her life to be like, yeah, I'm going to go bomb in front of a, a dwindling number of comedians as they leave to do other spots instead of like going to your friend's birthday and having a nice time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, but I was, so I got out of this relationship and I was like, I wasn't like, was the person giving you uh, a hard time about the, a little bit, whatever. We don't it, have to bad mouth, like, but no, like, I wouldn't, I yeah. don't think I would bad mouth. I think yeah. I was not doing a good job of like, meeting her needs in yes order. i think that's true there she, is something about like breaking up when you don't feel like you're meeting someone's needs and it's not and, and you try to convey that but it's so hard for that yeah. person to be like oh it's not me it but is really but if, like, even if it is i i get that i'm sympathetic to like so you would rather do this than try 10 percent harder like mm -hmm. i get that that's too, true too. that like reply or whatever so i i came out of it not like down on dating but just kind of like you know what i'm not ready to be with a person I don't think because I'm like so focused on this um on, on just like trying to make this thing happen and I'm like not f able to focus on other people's needs and then like literally the next week I got hired at Oliver <laughs> and I started this job and I was like oh it like truly like and I met it changes everything like when Nikki gave me an opportunity yeah. to make money in comedy right it changes everything and it's it's not like I needed the validate it wasn't about no, the validation no it was just like Oh, I have a job and I'm making some money and I can take my foot off the gas a little bit and like be present with another person. And it like literally was like, oh, getting this job the week after this breakup changed my entire capacity to be with another person, I think. Now, did you feel like now that I have a job at Oliver and I'm making consistent money, it's only been a week, I'm going to go back? to that person or no, you, I yeah. think it was like it, I mean it was a very like emotional yeah break. Okay. And, and I still hadn't that still hadn't like sunk in yet mm -hmm. and I think like by a month later I was like oh like the night I 
Um, so you went into this party. I mean, yeah. went to this party and botanical. I, uh, botanica, yeah, botanica. And we met and we got along great. And I like, um, I got, I brought her home in a cab and then went back to my place. She was, I just like escorted her home, and, um, like made sure she got home safe from did this you party. talk to right at the like who introduced the friend introduced my friend you? introduced us and then you kind like, of found a corner we, and like yeah we were just like off and running and you both were kind of big on twitter like you yeah, knew she, of each other yeah, yeah, before yeah. We knew of each other you both wear glasses i mean you're identical yeah, yeah, identical yeah. people yeah she has better hair yeah but, uh, i don't know <laughs> we'll see i don't know that would be um, horrible it would be very weird yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, whatever you know yeah a lot of women go bald it's fine no my she's very a very yes beautiful lady and um we got along right away, and so, so you take but, her home in the. But it was yeah. even that, like, I had the like thought of, okay, we'll go to this in this cab to Brooklyn, and then I was like, you know what, it's expensive, but I I lived uptown at the time, and I was like, I have to be at work tomorrow. I'm I'm not gonna find the train. It was like you know after midnight. Trust that I'll like get on it right away and be home in an hour and a half from here. I was like, I'll get in a cab and pay whatever 50 bucks to go uptown and be home in 35 minutes and, and go right to bed. And it was like just that little flexibility of like, this isn't an irresponsible decision. This is like, okay. was just like so much. It just like changed my state of mind from being like, Oh, I'm stuck in Brooklyn and now I'm going to be here forever. And it's going to ruin my week to like, okay, I can take a breath and I can like eat it as long as I don't do this all the time. <laughs> and it was like, it's, it was such a relief. It's such a New York story, though, being like, then I, you know, I would have to change trains yeah. twice, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know how trains run we this late. Were, like, I, but I loved her, and I knew it then. We lived three a three train commute from each other when we started dating. That's insane. It's a lot. It was like just an hour, fifty minutes to an hour. But I would have to take the one to the E to the G to get to her. The one to the E is that even right? Something like that. How did you ask her out for the first? Did you ask her out that night? I texted her the next day. I got her number. I said the only cool thing I've ever said in my life, which was um, a sublime lyric. It was a sublime lyric. <laughs> I was like, "Life is too short, so love the one you got, because you might get run over or you might get shot." Uh, no, I said I had just booked a gig in Sweden. It was not, not a threat. Not a threat. Just a hypothetical. Not a threat. Just a hypothetical. Dude, Ro- Romeo or Romo? What's the other? <laughs> Dude, they got a new guy, a new singer. Uh, right, Rome, Rome, Rome. Chill out, Rome. Chill. Not a threat. Not a threat. Just, just something that could happen to people. I meant it in the spirit that Sublime meant it in. He wasn't Rome. like. When he sings it, he's not like, life is too short. I might shoot you. <laughs> I don't know. The biggie. I mean, that whole alarm thing, when it starts ringing. Hey. Uh, so I said. <laughs> I just think he'd be annoyed. You know? He's like, oh, now I got to fucking get up and get the alarm. I got to shoot you because my alarm's going off. shoot a guy. Now I got to wake you up. woke up my cat. <sighs> I mean, you know, my cat's up. My dog's, my Dalmatian's looking at, out. looking at the fake fire. He's, and psyched, the, right? he's psyched. He thinks there's a fire about to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, where are we going? Where are we going? That pyromaniac. He goes down the pole somehow. Goddamn. Dalmatian's like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, first time I saw that Beavis and Butthead lost my mind. I was like, oh, it this changed is my too life much for me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the first time Beavis rubbed his dick, I was like, you, a cartoon can touch its dick. Dude, damn, get in here! This fucking cartoon's touching his dick. Call the cops. Yeah, yeah, yo. Do you know what Beavis is doing? They're like, yes, we do. It's a great show. <laughs> great show. Those were the times back yeah, then. Yep. The, yep. So. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, that's okay. I just booked a gig that day in Sweden, and I'd never been to Europe before, and I was really psyched. She was like, what's new? And I was like, oh, I booked this gig in Sweden today. And she's like, I want to go to Sweden. And I had already, like, asked my, I had already been, told my parents. I was like, you guys should come. You've never been to Europe. Like, you guys should come and hang out, and we'll, we'll like, tour around a little bit. But I was, she was like, I want to go to Sweden. And I was like. We should come. I was like, uh, and then I go, but give me your phone number. Let's hang out in the U.S. once first to make sure we don't hate each other, which was like the only smooth thing I've ever done. That's like looking at you, kid. (laughs) That's like, Um, hey, why don't we hang out in the U.S. for a day and you could, you know, so so we could get Chipotle. So the next day I texted her and I was like, hey, it was really fun hanging. I was really, really nice to meet you. Let's hang out before it's weird that we haven't hung out yet because, you know, do you know that you meet a new person and you're like, let's hang out? Like, well, one's good for you. And like, well, I'm busy this weekend. And, yeah. And then you're just like, well, I guess never. I guess never we'll never again. see We're each other. We're three trains away. Three trains just, away. It's never going to happen. Exactly. And so I was like, let's hang out before it's like weird that we haven't made plans. And so the next 
That was a Wednesday. I remember because I was coming from Big Terrific, which was in Williamsburg at the time on Wednesday nights. And I was coming back into Manhattan to go uptown. So I so I text her Thursday. And then I think Saturday morning, we had like a early breakfast date, like a very sober like early that. breakfast date. And I had a car at the time and I, cause I had to drive out of town for the weekend to do, to do some gigs. And so I drove down to Brooklyn and then we had breakfast and it was super nice. And then I drove away and that was like our first date for real. And we, that it was just like off to the races. It was very easy and natural and lovely. Easy. That's easy. the word. It was just like smooth and it all felt natural. Like it was like, Oh, this was fun. Let's did, hang did out. Did she go more. to Sweden? She didn't go to Sweden, which I think would have been a whole weird thing because it was like a month later, and my parents and sister were there, and like it would have been a little much. It would have just been too much, yeah. But Sweden was really fun, independently. You're really fun. Thanks, buddy. You too. Thank you for doing this. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. This was such a fun conversation. Th- this was such a blast. I laughed so much, dude. And we talked about real things. We really, you got know, into it. what's your favorite YouTube video? I I don't know if this counts. It my, counts. My absolute favorite one. I hope nobody's done this. Is um. The Bernie Mac, I Ain't Scared of You, Def Jam set. Oh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I love about? it. I love it. I've done, I've like copied this before one time at like an open mic and people are like, what are you doing? It is the greatest. Once upon a time. Oh gosh, what happened here? It It is so good. It's like. When you said you this is this an book, ad. This isn't Bernie. It's the highest possible, like. The performance is so powerful oh, of stand-up. And I think... I'm going to tell you something straight the motherfucking press. Okay, so everyone's bombing on this show. So that's right? the legend, right? Is that yeah. the guy before him was literally booed off the stage. And he it's a TV taping. And, and this people, is Bernie Mac, who had his own show after this. This is what blew him up. And New York, goddamn y'all motherfucking women look good. Y'all like a bacon and egg sandwich look good. But I love sex. I love it. Can't do shit no more. And I'm blessed. His outfit. He's, he's, he has his own face airbrushed onto his structure. jeans. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Kick it! Okay. What's the story, though? Did he talk to the DJ yeah, before and say, look, everyone's bombing. I'm just going to go up there and we're going to fucking he, have a good time. This was like not his that. I mean, the jokes were his act. But the thing with the DJ, I think is Kid Capri. Well, he was like, yeah, I'm going to cue you and then I'll cut you. And uh, and he, you can see he's just doing this like very low intensity, low impact dance. And people are losing their. Because he's not silly. You don't understand. I'm of you, motherfucker. Oh, I get chills. Just like the idea of going onto a show where the previous guy got booed off the stage and love, everyone is I just like, well, six, you're my new favorite comedian. That's when you come up. I'd be glad when they put that shit in cans. Can you imagine sex in cans? Motherfuckers be shoplifting and shit. Fools be playing ball, man. Then know what you can really do, man. I'm telling you, give me a six-pack of pussy. I'm going in. Kick it! You don't understand. Let's <laughs> just get her done. But it's like the the amazing yeah. thing is like you the, could feel the energy in the room being dead. They, and they they weren't primed like with get her done. People are like got to the point oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to hear like the cable guy said he's just like coming up. This is first TV gig ever, and he's just like I'm nice. going to you, overwhelm you with confidence. Women just do anything to you, talk to you any kind of way you want to talk to somebody. It don't make no more fucking sense. <laughs> I'm in a bar minding my business, cool enough, just being cool. <laughs> I like love I that. Chilling. Woman gonna come to me. Then she just asked you the goddamn thing she wanna do. She said, Mac. I said, yeah, that's my name. She said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. She says, does pussy taste like, like pumpkin, pumpkin pie? pie? I said, what? Made me mad as hell. I said, don't ask me no damn question like that. I ain't never had no pumpkin pie. And that's like, no offense to Bernie Mac, who's an incredible comedian. That's like a joke book joke. Right? I don't think he wrote that. <laughs> it's like, that's like a joke that you would read in like <laughs> 1001 Tasteless Zingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just like, people are, it's, it's like. Confidence is king. It's incredible. And, and especially in, to like. I don't know. I just like love it so much. Why is that though? Do you think like, would you, 
Because when you go on a stage, you're kind of you're not in your face. No, he's not really even in your face with this no. either, which is uh, the which is the beautiful in it. Like he's, he's not coming, he's at sitting the in it. Yeah. yeah. Look at him; they love him. You don't understand. The confidence is just. People are sta- giving him standing ovation in the middle of his set. This shit. I'm scared of you motherfuckers. When you make love to a black woman, I'm gonna tell you how you do it. You got to be good. I'm not talking about myself. Cause you know a fuck ain't number 50 pumps. Count if you ain't got nothing to do. Like, but also it's these minutes. It's those little lines that are the funny, the funniest part, right? Count it if you ain't got nothing to do. It's like you're already having sex. If you give her the dick. Whatever wrong with you, she gonna let you know. You can have a patch on your eye, your leg could be broke. <laughs> if you get up there, she'll be like, Woo! Shit! You patch eye motherfucker. <laughs> you broke leg, son of a bitch! You know you in that motherfucker. Kick it! I mean, it's just pure confidence, and it's hilarious. It reminds me of the Biggie when he's fucking the, the girl. You fat the- motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know the skit. I've never fucked a girl, and she goes, your lisp isn't that bad. Your eyebrows ain't that thick. No, it's your the opposite. Your thumbs are... It's yeah. the opposite. Yeah, It'll yeah. be like, you thick uh, eyebrows. Yeah, 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 yeah. You thick... Yeah, no, I've never got that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You thick eyebrows, short alien thumbs, <laughs> stupid fucking lisp, bald in hair, back hair, not really doing that good. Oh, 40 grand to the IRS. Spent seven grand on a jet ski. <laughs> fucking started early. Lacker, you hot little dick motherfucker. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking good, ain't I? That's not bad. Not bad. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that. It's like, wow, you see me. <laughs> Is my lips that bad? That's all I've been. No, Is my lips that bad? Not at all. No. I was surprised that you led with that. <laughs> I would have gone with the jet ski thing. <laughs> well, jet ski's hard to say with a yeah. lisp. Thank you for doing this. Oh, where can they find you and uh, any plug? Yeah. Um, Josh Gondelman <laughs> at, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at, at G-O-N-D-E-L-M-A-N. And then please, please, please uh, buy my book if you enjoyed this. It's like I really wanted it to be fun and funny, and uh, it's – I just want it to be like a, a nice time for several hours. It is. And watch Jesus and Mero on Showtime, please. Yes, watch Jesus and Mero, first of all, because that's like his first income. And there, and I talked a lot about, a lot about all Yeah, we didn't, I know. I'll get into I, that. I next. will just say, yeah. they're, the, they're so funny. It like, And they're so funny off the cuff that I'm just like, I should quit. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're funny. Like, I could write all day and I'll be like, what do you think? And, they'll just, and Jesus or Mero will just be, or both of them together will just be like, this way. And you're like. Yep, you're right. It's a they're I mean they're a beautiful story in the sense like they came up through the internet world, mm-hmm. like just because they're that talented. They're so funny. And they found, you know, mm-hmm. a niche and then they just knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah. They're they're so good and it's like it's been really fun. So we have I don't know when the, when this comes out exactly, but we're on until like the middle of November. We're doing we shows on Mondays and Thursdays on, on at 11 on Showtime. And it's just like it's so fun. That's like that's the thing that I that I'm like really trying to create now and a lot of the stuff that I'm working on or to like help in creating with the stuff that I'm working on, whether it's mine or for someone else, is like I don't wanna ignore politics and like the hard stuff in the world, but I am really trying to like engage it in a way that feels like, oh, this was like this was such a soothing, joyful way to experience the world that's not like then you turn on you look at your phone and go what I didn't know this is happening. You know, it's yeah. just like I live in the world, and in spite of it, like let's have a little fun too. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I was watching Nate Bargatze, and it just reminds me of last night randomly, and his comedy does that for me. Like, yeah, and uh, I just loved his. He was talking about climate change, and uh, he's like, you know, our planet. You know, let's not be so hard on ourselves. Like we're doing way better in the other planets <laughs> and it's like most of them are just getting started and we're on we're almost done <laughs> and it's just like such a fun way to look it's at a horrific so thing good. as climate change it's and fire so good. and so simple and i don't know it just reminded me of incredible that. he's he's so funny and i'm not scared of you me you motherfucker 
I'm really not. Don't even think I am. <laughs> kick it. <laughs> Nobody. No. No. I thought you were. I thought we were gonna kick it. Yeah. Kick. No kick. Kid. kid. Kid Capri. Oh, he's not here. Kid Capri's not here. Did he leave? What set did he leave? Oh, he left at the start of mine. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no bloody fire. Thank you for listening. Uh, rate and subscribe. Go to Remember to Be Happy to buy some T-shirts. Support the cause, you know? Your boy's just trying to live awesome ramen out here and sushi and fillets. All right. <laughs> A.K.A. Poop Hands. Good night. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. No, when you're standing in the puddle, you don't know where to go because you're so deep. You don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how wet I am because I'm so wet. That's who I am. I'm so wet. Wet. I'm so wet. I'm so wet. I'm so, so, so wet. Now, come on in. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down and then everyone will come over here. This episode of Puddles was recorded at Remember to Be Happy Studios. Production by Becky Rodriguez and Tanner Williams. That's Human Places, The Ease of Three, and Lil Kinky 69.